Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KNRS News, sponsored by Inspire International. I'm Abby Bonnell. It's 402. Governor Gary Herbert signing a hate crimes bill into law today at the state capitol. It includes adding legal protections. Personal attributes such as ancestry, ethnicity, gender identity, race, religion, sexual orientation, just to name a few of the attributes that we've put in this legislation. One of the bill's sponsors, Senator Daniel Thatcher, says it's been an emotional journey getting it passed. Four years ago, I was on the wrong side of this issue. Four years ago, I didn't understand it. Four years ago, Senator Steve Urquhart brought this bill to one of my committees. And in digging through the language of that bill, something clicked and I got it. And once you get it, you can't unget it. The bill gives prosecutors in Utah a tool to implement tougher penalties for those carrying out hate crimes in the state. Preliminary water tests back in Mountain Green, Morgan County, and they're negative. More testing is ongoing, and city officials say a boiling advisory remains in effect for now. A routine inspection of Cottonwood Mutual Water Company found a broken lock at a storage tank. The advisory is being taken as a precaution until all tests are completed. And Firestone closing 13 of their 14 stores in the state is effective as of today. The only store that remains open is the West Jordan location at 9030 South Redwood Road. Kenneris News at the top and bottom of the alley. You'll find it anytime at kenneris.com. Listen and you'll know. First of all, if you haven't heard this yet, I love this. Rod Arquette on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Guest hosting for Rod today from sunny Florida at 92.5 Fox News Radio. Here's Drew Steele. It's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know it is Drew Steele filling in for Rod. Hey. How are you today? 888-570-8010. Anytime you want to text, 59570. Would love to hear from you today. Come on, hit me with it, uh, E-Ray. Let's go. All right, so we, we have to do this. We have to start, have to start with the show with this. You, you, you so ready? nice to meet you. Hi. Congratulations, the Cure Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees 2019. Are you as excited as I am? Um, by the sounds of it, no. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Good night. If you don't know what that is, E-Ray uh, uh, played that for me earlier today, and I said, we have to open the show with it today. So explain what it is. It's what is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it's The Cure, right? The, the lead singer for The Cure? It's the Robert Smith from The Cure. The, I think the Rock yeah. and Roll Hall of Fame induction was last night. It won't be seen okay. for a while, but uh, yeah. yeah, apparently that was uh, the interview he does just before the induction. <laughs> it's... That is classic. That is that is great. It's just I don't know. That's something that just gets you in a great mood. Just play one more time before we uh, before we move on. You just have to hear. It's this so again. nice to you know. meet you. Hi, congratulations, The Cure Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees, 2019. Are you as excited as I am? Um, by the sounds of it, no. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That is just fantastic. Oh, that is just so good. 
There's a lot of rock and roll news today, right? Mick Jagger is 75 years old, and he's getting surgery to replace a valve in his heart. Did you hear about that? And uh, it's uh, the the doctors said, was it the doctors or was it? Yeah, yeah, okay. A, a band's representative said that Mick Jagger has been advised by doctors that he cannot go on tour at this time as he needs medical treatment. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. You got a uh, issue with your heart valve there. And uh, 75 years old. You know where he's getting the uh, the surgery done. Anybody want to guess? Anyone? Anyone want to guess? Anybody want to guess where uh, where uh, uh, Mick Jagger is going to to get his surgery done? Uh, e ready? Do you think it's Switzerland? Switzerland has pretty good uh, health care there. Switzerland? Um, no. Guessing it's probably no. the United States. It, that's exact. Yes. Isn't that? Uh, I don't have a ding ding ding. But isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting that Mick Jagger, who has to have uh, a surgery to replace a valve in his heart. Who is somebody who could probably buy, I don't know, uh, Leighton, uh, somebody who has that kind of money, right? I mean, I, I don't know. It could have been Provo either way. But the point is, is that he's got enough money uh, to go anywhere in the world. They get the best health care that is available. And, and from what we've been told many, many, many times, we've been told that the best health care is, uh, where is it? It's, a, it's one of the Scandinavian countries, right? It's Sweden. It's uh it's uh, Norway. It's somewhere that uh, Bernie Sanders likes, right? That it's, is a low blow. But it's true. You've said that many times. So uh, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting point. And Mick Jagger's getting his surgery in, in New York. All right. Must be pretty good here, to say the least. 888-570-8010. Drew Steele filling in for Rod today on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. And here's something I, I cannot believe I listened to today. And now that I have heard this... Uh, this is unbelievable. Did you hear the audio today of uh, James Comey? James Comey, who is getting prepared for what is going to be a big, 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 big day tomorrow, apparently. Big, big, big. You know why it's big, big, big? It's it's more than big, big, big. It's big, 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 big. It's four bigs. And it's big because we are being told that there is going to be uh, some kind of organization tomorrow, that they are uh, going to be out in force, that uh, they want the Mueller report released uh, they being, I guess, some pretty uh, uh, left-leaning organizations who say, uh, listen, uh, we, we want it released. We want to see all the information that's in it. And uh, it's a coalition of prominent progressive grassroots organizations. They want to see tomorrow the full release of the Mueller report. And if uh, we don't see it, I guess, uh, what, what happens? I don't, what's gonna, are they going to storm the Capitol? What, what are they going to do? Uh, but, yes, they want the full uh, release. And, and on the heels of this, James Comey is saying things that uh, it's almost hard to believe. Uh, even the president was talking about this today when asked about uh, the, the Mueller report. And uh, today uh, he said um, people did things that were very, very bad for our country and very, very illegal. And you could even say treasonous. You could say treasonous. He's bringing that up and saying that it's a 400-page report, right? We could give them 800 pages, and it wouldn't be enough. He's right, isn't he? I mean, it doesn't matter what uh, you give them. Uh, you, you can give them as many of those pages you know what I'm as you want. Yeah. To investigate, and, and so uh, that is the uh, the question: is others. when you're talking about how many you're willing to give them, uh, how much is going to be enough for the left? Uh, and and James Comey being on CNN yesterday. Uh, I mean, today, uh, with Christian Amanpour, I want you to listen to this because you know the situation now with the Mueller report, no obstruction of justice, no collusion. We know what has happened for the past uh, two and a half years and how we have gotten to this point and the fact that we do have a media that uh, you can blame for a lot of this to help to perpetrate this. And here's CNN sitting down with James Comey. And, and listen to James Comey. He says, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To investigate... Perhaps you, perhaps others. 
Do you fear that? Do you think that's coming down the pike? I don't fear it personally. I fear it as a citizen. Right? Investigate what? Okay. He fears it as a citizen that they might come after him. Investi- investigate what, he, he says. James Comey is asking, investigate what? Do, do, would you like us to tell you? But he, but he goes on, listen. Investigate that investigations were conducted. And what would be the crime you'd be investigating? Okay, do we have to go through it? Do you want to go through the crime? The crime of uh, how this was all set up and Hillary Clinton and the uh, the server and how she should have been charged, but uh, conveniently she wasn't charged. And, and obviously there were people that were trying to make sure that Donald Trump was not going to be president of the United States. And there were people that were pushing information to the media that were putting it out to, to say all these things about colluding with Russia when it never was happening. And it was a big hole. Do I really have to go on with this? Don't we all know about it? But here he is. So it's a terrible cycle to start. He's already started it with calling for the locking up of his political opponents, including people like me. Oh, can I? He started it. Is there, is there anybody who's listening to the sound of my voice who honestly, truthfully believes that it was Donald Trump who started all of this? Do, <laughs> you, you, you're kidding, right? But this is James Comey. James Comey, who stands amongst trees and, and has somebody take a picture of him. Staring at a tree, standing on a road, by himself, a long winding road, with somebody taking a picture, like these very, uh, okay, anyway, uh, maybe uh, you do that as well, I don't know, uh, maybe he right, even uh, takes pictures of uh, staring at trees, I, I, I shouldn't even say that, it's really not nice, but what else does he say? And so it would just be more of that dangerous step, and I would hope, although they continue to disappoint me, the Republicans would finally stand up and say we don't do that kind of thing, but... Me personally, ask me questions. Go ahead. Ask me questions. Go ahead. Oh, and he does say. I'd like to answer them in the daylight if I could. I'd answer them in the daylight. Didn't he answer a lot of questions in the daylight? He has this thing about saying to everybody that he wants to answer questions in the daylight. And it's amazing how when he's behind closed doors, uh, how the questions and the answers are a little different than the ones that are out in the daylight. But Christiane Amanpour goes somewhere with this and she says. Uh, I've got one one question question. because you just said lock her up um, uh, or lock me up. Of course, lock her up was a feature of the 2016 um, Trump campaign. Do you, in retrospect, wish that people like yourself, the head of the FBI, I mean, the people in charge of law and order... Uh, uh, took uh, Hillary Clinton serious. Uh, we're thinking about uh, investigating harder, maybe even uh, suggesting charges against Hillary Clinton, because, of course, that's not what the FBI does, right? They investigate, and the DOJ handles the other side. But, you know, uh, this is the kind of thing that should have happened. Is that what Christiane Amanpour is getting ready to go to? Not really. Had shut down that language that it was dangerous potentially, that it could have created violence, that it's kind of hate speech. Should that have been allowed? Did did Christiane Amanpour? Yes, she did. I'm going to answer this for you. Did Christiane Amanpour from CNN just ask James Comey if he should have, the FBI should have stopped the shut down the language, you know, in 2016 when uh, people were yelling in the crowd saying, lock her up, lock her You remember all of that. I mean, it, it happens often when Hillary Clinton's name is mentioned, and I, and I, have, uh, I have no idea uh, why. Uh, or as I call her, crooked Hillary Clinton. Uh, yeah, okay, I got that. Uh, but uh, the, the point is, is that uh, the suggestion that was by CNN that, that the FBI should shut down speech. Now, I, I will play the the rest of this because, well, maybe I'll do this. I'll take a break, and when we come back, I'll get your thoughts on this. Uh, do you like the idea? Do you think that Christiane Amanpour is right from CNN, that 
when crowds are yelling, lock her up, or they're saying uh, hate speech. I mean, we just had hate speech legislation signed, right? Bill signed the hate, the idea of hate speech. And, uh, and, and it certainly is something that, you know, hate is hate, is it not? I mean, uh, hate crimes, when you're talking about hate crimes, hate speech, hate crimes, for example. I mean, a crime is a crime. Hate is hate. Or is it more? Should the FBI have shut down those chants of lock her up? Well, you'll get to hear what James Comey answer to that is, and I'd like to hear yours coming up, 888-570-8010. Text message 59570. It's Drew Steele filling in for Rod Arquette today on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. The KNRS News Headlines. I'm Abby Bonnell. Utah governor signing a new hate crimes bill into law, and President Trump says border security remains... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Guest hosting for Rod today from the sunny beaches of Florida. The morning host of 92.5 Fox News Radio in Fort Myers and Naples. Boy, this guy knows how to rub it in, huh? Here's Drew Steele. Stock Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Filling in for Rod today. He is the best. And I always thank him for the opportunity. This is great to be with you. 888-570-8010. Text message anytime you'd like. 59570. Love to hear from you. So when James Comey is asked by Christian Amanpour on CNN today about shutting down hate speech that maybe the FBI should have uh, been involved when the chance of locker up, locker up was happening during the uh, campaign, even when it's happening, I guess now, who knows if the president were to stop uh, somewhere in uh, Utah and, uh, and have a big rally, uh, would you uh, possibly, if he mentioned Hillary's name, would that happen? You know, the interesting part of that is the answer that James Comey gives and that's uh, what I'm asking you. Do you do you like that idea? Do you think that we should be shutting down speech? Do you think that James Comey should ask the FBI to get involved uh, in this? And and what would his answer be? And you may be surprised. So so here you go. So a little bit of that. Uh, she's asking him about obviously the the Mueller report, and and he says, uh, you know, is he worried about? Uh, you know, possible convictions, uh, maybe going after uh, James Comey. Is he, is he worried about the administration, uh, the uh, maybe uh, the FBI, DOJ looking into uh, his uh, his actions in the past and concerned about going after him? And he says, uh, I don't fear it personally. Yeah. I fear it as a citizen. Right. Investigate what? OK, I'm wondering uh, if that's it's strangely familiar how he feels. I would imagine that uh, Donald Trump probably felt the same exact way with everything that <laughs> happened with the whole Trump-Russia collusion hoax. and uh, Investigate what? Investigate that investigations were conducted, and what would be the crime you'd be investigating? All right, so anyway, so Christian Amanpour says, uh, well, what about all uh, the, the FBI, you know, uh, maybe getting involved, shutting down uh, this speech, this hate speech, as she calls it, the locker-up, right? Uh, in- Created violence, that it's kind of hate speech. Should that have been allowed? What do you think James Comey says after this? What do you think James Comey would say 
if he were asked, you know, the FBI, maybe they should come in and shut down this speech as hate speech. I mean, it, it causes violence. People get violent, right? Because if somebody is speaking hate to you and they're not touching you in any way, shape, or form, uh, a la Joe Biden, you know, like creepily uh, smelling your hair or anything like that or trying to rub your nose, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, they're not physically laying a hand on you. It's it's the speech that comes out of their mouth and usually, uh, no matter which side it is, uh, uh, typically it, it could be uh, considered ignorant uh, sometimes. Yeah, okay. The option you have to walk away, the option you have to not become violent because of it, or if you hear lock her up, you have the option to not get violent because you're hearing somebody say all that. Would it surprise you if James Comey took a interesting twist on what he would say? And Christian Amanpour asks the question, hate speech? Maybe the FBI should be involved. What do you think? That's not a role for government to play. The beauty of this country is people can say what they want, even if it's misleading and, and it's demagoguery. The people who should have shut it down were Republicans who understand the rule of law and the values that they claim to stand for. Shame on them, but it wasn't a role for government to play. Okay, so we got it half right. So, so the good news is, is that in the first half... Right. That's not a role for government to play. The beauty of this country is people can say what they want, even if it's misleading and, and it's demagoguery. Okay. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, you, you couldn't stop right there. You had to, you had to keep going. No? So, yeah. The people who should have shut it down were Republicans who understand the rule of law and the values that they claim to stand for. Yeah, they do uh, stand for uh, values that have to do with the rule of law. That was the issue. All the evidence, and he knows it, and now we know a lot of what was happening behind the scenes with Hillary Clinton and the server and all the things with the emails and and what happened to those emails and some of what she was doing. And and then again, uh, the idea of Fusion GPS being involved in the uh, hoax and who was paying for it and who was helping that. Okay, we know the players. We know the story. And even knowing the story and knowing exactly what happened and how this played out, isn't it interesting that James Comey would take a half approach to that saying, oh, yeah, yeah, listen, the government doesn't need to be involved in speech. You know, if you, if you want to say something, your First Amendment right, go right ahead. You can do that. But the Republicans really are to blame. They should have shut this down because they're the ones that claim to to care about the rule of law. And that's why they yell lock her up. I mean, we... Do we understand that, that the reason why we lock we, that we I shouldn't say we because I, I never did. But the reason why there are plenty of people who say lock her up and have said that is not because people necessarily hate Hillary Clinton, the human being, the person. It's not because all of a sudden Hillary Clinton became just somebody to hate for no reason whatsoever, absolutely none. There was no reason to say that at all towards her. There was reason to be upset with the fact that James Comey did not do what he should have done as director of the FBI and the information that was there, and there was plenty to suggest that Charges should have been leveled against her, and she should have been uh, charged with a crime, and she wasn't. And that is the part of the rule of law that he understands, and he gets this. And you talk about demagoguing an issue and and the like. How about James Comey, who has no problem sitting in front of a CNN camera with Christian Amanpour, a uh, friendly territory, to say something that he knows is a flat-out lie.
888-570-8010. Text message 59570. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Coming up, uh, Hans von Spakovsky is going to join us from the Heritage Foundation, heritage.org. The Electoral College is coming up again. Let's get a little lesson on what exactly it is and why we need to keep it. That's coming up. It's Drew Steele filling in for Rod today on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Attention, men over the age of 35. If you have low energy, lack intimacy in your relationship, or just feel old, this may be a... One man, one goal. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Guest hosting for Rod today from sunny Florida at 92.5 Fox News Radio, here's Drew Steele. Thank you, super big voice guy. Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. It is Drew Steele filling in for Rod, 888-570-8010. Text message 59570. I'm amazed at uh, how we are still talking about this, how we have the Democrat candidates for president of the United States who continue to talk about the Electoral College and how we need to get rid of it. I love uh, Beto. Beto O'Rourke, uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke, uh, was uh, was uh, bringing that up uh, yesterday at some Democrat socialist something or other. Uh, I think I call it we, we the people, Democrat socialist something or other. And, and, and he said this. Uh, I love this. Here you go. He said... To answer your question, yes, let's abolish the Electoral College. Um, we... we um, the night after the presidential election in 2016, Amy and I were, were talking to each other and we were like, how are we going to explain to Ulysses and Molly and Henry, who are now 12, 10, and 8, that the person who got 3 million more votes just lost the election. Oh, oh I know. I know how to answer that. I, I can answer that. Here's, here's what you do. You explain to them what the Electoral College is, and then they would know. And then you, well, maybe we should just have uh, Hans von Spakovsky join us on the Heritage Foundation, heritage.org, a great website, senior legal fellow, and maybe he can help to, uh, to break this all down for Beto and the rest of, of the folks who seem to want to get rid of this. Uh, Hans, it's Drew Steele. How are you, sir? Drew, I'm I'm doing okay, and it's amazing to me. Beto O'Rourke seems to have the same ignorance of American history that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has. <laughs> well, they, they, they're getting all the same notes. Uh, they, uh, they, they need to get out of the circle that they're in. Uh, whoever's handing them these notes, it's, it is uh, amazing. You know, I love how he says, how am I going to explain this to my kids? Well, here's what you do. You explain how the Electoral College works, and then maybe they would understand. Uh, so maybe we should do this. A quick uh, a lesson here, the, electro- the Electoral College system, why is it important? Why do we need it? Why do we have it? Well, well because the framers of the Constitution were afraid that if a president was elected just based on the national popular vote, then uh, candidates would ignore the rural, less populated parts of the country. They would only go to the big cities, the urban areas, and campaign there. And that would help basically split the country, and you would have a president who was only interested in representing uh, one particular part of the country, like I said, the big city, the big city areas. And this was a way of giving the smaller states um, a, a grasp of the um, electoral system. And that is just as true today as it was then. I mean, look, they also were afraid of the tyranny of the majority. I mean, that's why, for example, um, we, we have a two-house system in our Congress. Yeah, 
the House of Representatives, the more population you have, the more members of Congress you have. But the Senate, each state, no matter how small, no matter how big, only has two senators. And that's to balance um, the, the large areas of the countries with big populations. And I think that's a very good system and one we shouldn't change. Right. And uh, I think it was, who was it? I think it was de Tocqueville who said depraved taste for equality, something that he reserved, which is interesting because when you hear people say one man, one vote, uh, and they look at this and they say equality, we have to have the equality that everybody, you know, uh, equal rather than freedom, rather than to be free. The the idea that sometimes one man, one vote uh, sounds good, it's equality, but there's more to it, right? I mean, it that's a concern that I don't think people realize. No, I, I don't think they did do. And look, there's a lot of other grounds for this, too. I mean, for example, again, um, the framers, very smart, said um, we want a candidate for president winning a series of regional elections. The Electoral College helps promote that because by winning regional elections across the different parts of the country, again, you're going to get a candidate that represents a broader spectrum of the American people. And again, I think that's just as true today. That everybody keeps pointing to the 2016 election. Yeah, it's very true um, that uh, Hillary Clinton got more votes. But look at where she got them. She got them in the big cities, uh, in the Northeast, along the California. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. In the Illinois, Chicago area, the whole rest of the country voted for Donald Trump. Yeah, and it does seem that simple. I mean, I, I hate to make it more than that, but it really is the idea that someone could go and say, we'll just go to L.A., we'll just go to New York City, we'll just go to the major metropolitan areas, and we'll we'll just campaign there and forget the rest of the country as long as we can pick up those areas. It, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, look at it uh, completely different, but it's, it almost feels like that, uh, that's how fundamental it is. So then what is it then when it comes to the issues of voting in this country? And I know we've talked about this, and I know you've talked about this many times. Uh, the, the fundamental issue of voting, how many times we have heard uh, people being denied the right to vote, uh, where uh, even with, uh, and I wonder what you think about even with criminal justice reform, how much of that is taking place right now around the country. In, in my state where I am in Florida, you know, we have uh, criminal justice reform, Amendment 4, that's happening here. And a lot of people are concerned about what that does, changing elections, changing the election here, 
uh, 1.4 million uh, uh, former felons now with the right to vote. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and your thoughts on sure. reform and and what that means to elections around the uh, of the country? Look, that you know, that's up to the people of each state to decide. But there's two things they ought to consider. First of all, um, the recidivism rate of felons is extremely high. Within five years, 75 percent of felons are back in prison. That's why I actually think states that have a waiting period, which Florida, I think, used to have before they passed Referendum 4, is actually a good idea because having a waiting period to see whether, as a felon, really turned over a new leaf um, before you, you give them back their right to vote is, is a good idea. The, the other thing to keep in mind about this is, um, you know, all the people who keep pushing for automatic restoration of the voting rights of, of felons as soon as they get out of prison, um, they obviously have no consideration whatsoever for the victims of those criminals because at the very least, isn't it fundamentally more fair to say, okay, we'll give you your right to vote back, but not only do you have to complete your prison sentence, but you have to complete any parole or probation and you have to finish making any restitution payments to your victims that were ordered by a court. Is, isn't that the least, the, the very minimum we ought to be demanding? Yeah, well, that's the struggle that's happening here in the state of Florida, is that now that there was this broad amendment that was put out that said felons will have the right to vote and uh, they have to f- fulfill whatever it is that uh, they uh, they did uh, the the conviction and what that means, whether that is restitution, whether that is uh, time served, that wasn't specified in the amendment. And now, Hans, what is happening here in the state of Florida is because the legislature wants to define that and make sure that is clarified in the amendment, you have people that are claiming that uh, it's now a poll tax. Now it's something that is trying to stop people from voting. It has completely changed the dynamic of what is happening here uh, in the state. Oh, it's not a poll tax, and that, that's an absurd thing. But let me tell you the other thing about this that, has, that really strikes me is the, is the hypocrisy of the individuals pushing automatic um, uh, reinstatement, automatic reenfranchisement of felons the moment they get out of prison. It's interesting to me that, you know, their excuse for this, what they always say, the justification for it is that these felons have paid their debt to society, therefore they should get their their right to vote back. Well, if that's true, then why aren't these same people pushing for felons to get all of the other rights back that they lose? You know, if you're convicted of a felony, you lose your right, for example, to own a gun. You lose your right to sit on a jury. You lose your right for a lot of other professional licenses. And you never hear the people pushing this, for example, saying, oh, you ought to get your Second Amendment right back. So what does that mean? It means they're really only interested in these people's votes. They're not really interested in uh, getting them reinvested in in society. If they were, they would be pushing for all of that. But what they're basically saying to us is, well, we trust we trust these felons uh, to make the right choice when they go into the ballot box. But we don't trust them in our community, so we're not going to give them their their right to own a gun back. We don't trust them to make the right decision in the jury box. We're not going to give them that back either. Yeah. Hans von Spakovsky, Senior Legal Fellow at the Heritage Foundation, heritage.org. Check out the website. And uh, we do appreciate a few minutes of your time, sir. Thank you so much. We'll speak soon. 
Sure. Thanks for having me. It is Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. My name is Drew Steele, filling in for Rod Arquette today. Listen, and you'll know. The KNRS News Headlines. I'm Abby Bonnell. Utah now has a new hate crimes law, and President Trump says he's prepared to close the... He's a professional songwriter who one day decided to become a talk show host. Yeah, it's not easy to make it in the music industry. From sunny Florida, guest host for Rod today, here's Drew Steele. You got that right. Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. It is Drew Steele filling in for Rod today. 888-570-8010. Text message 59570. If you had to pick the worst place in Salt Lake City right now, you had to pick the worst place off I-15. You had to pick the worst place in, I don't know, uh, let's pick a location. Provo, Farmington, I, I don't know, north or south, Bountiful. I, I don't know, if you had to, E-Ray, the, the one place that you say, man, I, I, the traffic is unbelievable is where? Where do you, where do you always go Midville, to? Just, 7200 uh, south. There you go. Okay. Pretty sim- I mean, you know it. I just, I, I, I barely said it. He already knows. And you listening, you probably know the same exact thing. The traffic... Uh, and the issues uh, in specific areas around town, you know exactly where you're going to run into it. You just know it. And I saw this piece in uh, Desiree talking about a, the uh, a congestion toll price could be a market-based solution for Utah road woes. How many times have you used HOV? Do you use the HOV lane? Do you pay? Do for I that? use it? Do no, use not that? typically. Yeah. I'm usually alone in the I car, don't... so I can't use it. Oh, well, all right. Yeah, that's isn't that the time when you have to get one of those uh, you have to get one of those dummies out of a window there at a department store and you dress them up? Is that what you? No, you either that or pay for it. Like, <laughs> no, no, that's and that's really all. And kids, kids, do not do that. All right, that's a really bad thing to do. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the the talk about the HOV lanes and uh, you know this is what we do, right? Uh, you, to try to cut down on the uh, the congestion. What we need to do is charge more, like New York City does. This is their, This is what they're talking about. You know, New York City now has this new congestion pricing toll system. They're going to price people out of New York City even more than it already is. And so I wonder if that's the right answer for uh, areas of Utah, areas of uh, 15, Salt Lake, uh, Midvale, the different areas that you know where you just, oh, man, it's going to get bad. Because as far as I can tell, when you're stuck on 15 and you're driving in traffic and you're on the HOV lane, the time that I was there, I know that uh, I that traffic wasn't moving either. <laughs> like, isn't isn't the HOV lane the one lane that you're supposed to be able to hop into because you're paying like it's it's almost like a luxury, like that VIP kind of uh, a class of vehicle where you get in that lane and you know you're gonna pass all the suckers that are next to you and it's like ha, you didn't bother to pay for the lanes, did you? And yet you're you're still stuck in it just like everybody else is. It doesn't seem to. Is it just me? Maybe I'm I'm on an island, but. Is that what we want? Is is that what we want to do now? Is to start having a congestion tax, a congestion, uh, the the idea that's uh, that now you would pay for it, a congestion pricing plan. Uh, can I just tell you this about about New York? You're talking about one of the, if not the most liberal city in the country. They're not going to take that money and do the things that they're talking about, fix roads and bridges and subways with the billions and billions of dollars. They're going to go to bureaucrats. They need to pay for all the social programs that they're doing. <laughs> you, where do you think that money's going to go? Is, is that what you do? Do you enjoy giving money? 
your tax dollars, your hard-earned tax dollars, the money that you're trying to save for your retirement, the money that you have earned, the hard work that you do each and every day, and that you give to the government freely uh, to be good stewards of that money. Is, is that what you want to do? Do you want to continue to give to bureaucrats who will continue to tell you that they're going to be good stewards of the money only to find out that, well, eh, maybe not so much, that they're constantly need, and, and this is a fix. So that is a suggestion now. Do you, do you like the idea of a congestion toll price? So when, so when the, the traffic in Midvale is just, uh, e- e- Ray's gotta, he's got to ride his bike to work. He just forget a car, forget it doesn't make a difference, miles per gallon, nothing matters. All, I just got to get from A to B. I don't care if it's a unicycle at this point. I just got to get there. Uh, but I, I can't afford, what, what are you going to do? You're going to pay $20 now during, uh, during drive time? Is, is that the suggestion that that is going to keep people off the roads? And I might suggest that that's just an awful idea. I, I, it, how much has the HOV lane helped now? Maybe, maybe it has in the time I spent there in Salt Lake. I didn't notice it was helping too much, but maybe uh, maybe it's different now. All right. It is Drew Steele filling in for Rod Arquette today. This is Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. You're in the Vivint Smart Home Arena. The stadium is packed. Everyone watching the back and forth of the basketball on the court. KNRS News, sponsored by your local Toyota dealer. I'm Abby Bonnell. It's 5.02. Utah Governor Gary Herbert signing a new hate crimes bill into law at the state capitol today. Those convicted of targeting victims in a number of categories, including religion, disability, sexual orientation, race, and more, face tougher penalties, State Senator Derek Kitchen. It sends a strong message to the residents of Utah that its government will not stand for crimes motivated by hate, and that no matter who you are, what you represent, or where you come from, Utah is a safe place for you. Utah's previous law has been criticized for being ineffective and failing to give prosecutors the tools that they need to reach a successful conviction. A West Valley City man is accused of holding his wife prisoner for six days, choking her until she fell unconscious and then threatening to kill her. Faroz Siddiqui has now been charged with attempted murder, kidnapping and aggravated assault. According to police, Siddiqui told his family to watch her while he was at work. The woman had a protective order against him in Washington state. Police say she managed to escape the home and get help. A former Utah State University football player now facing a rape charge. 23-year-old Lamar Dawson accused of sexually assaulting the woman on Valentine's Day as her Logan apartment. The alleged victim telling police she was intoxicated and did not consent. Dawson, who's from Chicago, was later suspended from all football activities at USU. He's been charged with rape, but officers have yet to make an arrest. And the Utah Jazz have officially clinched a spot in the postseason. It's still not clear who they'll be playing and when. Tickets are now officially on sale. Based on the current standards, though, the Jazz are fifth in the West and could be facing the fourth-ranked Rockets. KNRS News, at the top and bottom of the hour, you'll find it anytime at KNRS.com. Guest hosting for Rod today from sunny Florida at 92.5 Fox News Radio, here's Drew Steele. Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know, filling in for Rod today, my name is Drew Steele. 
Thanks for joining us today. 888-570-8010. Text message 59570. I would like to know what you think about public shaming. According to uh, Deseret, this article here, public shaming in politics can be a, quote, tribal dog whistle, unquote, that attracts like-minded people and pumps up the self-esteem of the person doing the shaming, says the organizer of an upcoming ethics slam on the topic. What in the world is an ethics slam, and what about public shaming? Well, the host of the ethics slam is uh, Rachel Robeson Green. Uh, and joining her is Dr. Richard Green, her husband, philosophy professor at Weber State University, and they were kind enough to join us today on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Well, good evening, uh, both of you. It's Drew Steele. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for having us, Drew. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, let me start with you, Rachel. So um, is is shaming ethical is the big question. Public shaming. Talk a little bit about this. Well, I think it depends on what exactly you're doing with the shaming, how it's taking place. So uh, some shaming, I think, is I think it depends on the intention behind it. Right. So sometimes shaming is used with the intention to humiliate, to dehumanize, to cast a person in a really negative light, often for political reasons or or like like you mentioned a minute ago, um, for reasons that might make the person feel superior to someone else, that the person doing the shaming, um, they, they get this sort of sense of moral superiority. Um, and so the, under those conditions, I think shaming is, is pretty bad and can have a pretty negative fallout. But there are conditions under which it can be good because, of course, we have to hold one another accountable for, for our actions or else there, no one will be motivated to change their behavior. Uh, but you've got to find that line, and it can be kind of hard to find. Yeah, I, I can see. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Uh, and the idea of public shaming, uh, we do see it, uh, Doctor Green. We, we do see it, right? Uh, often we see people, for example, that use public shaming as a way to discipline. Uh, I, I can think of some examples of of individuals who may have used it. Uh, I, I think it was even at a basketball game once. I think there was a, a dad who went to a game knowing that his son wanted to go and publicly shamed him with a big giant sign. Now, is that a bad thing? Is that a good thing? Yeah, I, I, I don't know that that's the worst thing that ever happened, but it would probably fall on the, the bad side of the spectrum, right? So it's an example I think you're thinking of, he held up a sign and said, Thomas or whatever it was, if your grades were better, then you, you, you'd be here with me, or you'll be here next time. Yeah, like, Thomas, first. get your grades back up, and next time you'll up. be here. Yeah, love, so. love, but, he, but he did say love, Dad, so that was kind of nice. <laughs> so he did add I, love, I, mean, too, I, so. I, I think the spirit which it's intended you know, makes it um, not particularly horrible. But there, there are instances, I think, of, of these kinds of things that are very good. I mean, we post pictures um, you know, on, on the news and online of people um, – you know, they're, they're mug shots, right? And, and having that mug shot out there might be a deterrent for others or even for the same person not to do the same thing again. Um, and then there's, you know, times where, you know, with public officials we might want to, or celebrities, call out really abhorrent behavior. And, and sometimes, you know, for certain people, they, they get so insulated from the world that there really are no negative consequences to their bad actions, you know, it's a matter of slapping big fines on very wealthy people, um, but a good public shaming, um, you know, can can devastate a career, and, and sometimes it's warranted. Right? Think somebody like Kevin Spacey. Um, 
So, you know, yeah, but on it's, some it's occasions, situations. it seems like it yeah. serves a really good purpose. Other times, it's, it's not that bad. Um, you know, people will post pictures of their dogs and say, this awful dog chewed up my sofa. You know, that, that doesn't seem bad at all. Well, I was going well, to say, that I, I'm, I'm pretty confident the dog doesn't realize it's being publicly shamed, though. I guess that's yeah, the, the difference. And, and the other board, dogs you know. aren't bothered. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's... Yeah. So, so you know, I mean, yeah. the spirit in which things are intended, I think, is kind of important. And the consequences of doing so are important. If, if you're just body shaming somebody, you know, to, to get a, a laugh or make yourself feel better, yeah, you, you could be doing something really horrible. On the other hand, sometimes yeah. there's, there's useful purposes. Yeah, so, uh, Rachel, so talk about what is an ethics slam? What is that? Uh, the, the word slam, I worry about that. Is it, is it slam thinking uh, it's just a kind of one person uh, grabs a mic and just keeps talking and they keep doing this kind of thing? That type of slam, is that what this is? I, ideally not. <laughs> so we've actually constructed a little poster for this session to guide the participants to make sure that they're not doing things like giving speeches. So, like, on a, on a meta level, what we want out of, this, uh, out of an ethics slam, it's modeled on a poetry slam, but it's not exactly like a poetry slam. So we raise a topic. This time it's um, the ethics of shaming. Our next one is going to be on identity politics. And um, we, we invite the community to engage in civil, respectful dialogue with one another. And that's the main goal. That's sort of the meta goal is to get people back in the habit of, treating one another with respect, even if they disagree with one another. Um, and then the, the, the other goal, of course, is to maybe gain clarity on whatever it is, whatever the issue is uh, that, that we brought up. So um, I think different people conceive of shaming differently, like what they have in mind when they think of shaming behavior uh, might be different from what someone else has in mind. And so, you know, early on in the discussion, we'll get clear on what different people in the room mean by shaming and what kind of shaming is bad and are there any instances of it that's good and really, um, really draw some fine distinctions? Because I think often when we disagree with one another, we get angry with one another. It's often because we're talking past each other and we're not engaging in active listening and really trying to understand where the other person's coming from. So that's the yeah. main goal, and that's what we do with the slams. Yeah. The one tomorrow night up in Logan will be the, the fifth one of these that we've done. And we've, mm -hmm. we've found um, that people sort of come away surprised um, that they can have these kinds of conversations and um, without them devolving into the sort of vitriolic ugliness that, that you often find on the, the Internet. Yeah, because, you know, the, the my first reaction when I hear about this, it's uh, Rachel Rosen Green uh, and Dr. Richard Green. They have this upcoming ethics slam, and we're going to talk about exactly where it is. So, if you want to slam, you can you can do it <laughs> ethically, of course. And uh, uh, and uh, so, you know, we're talking about public shaming, and and you know, the the one thing I, I think that is interesting about all the topics that you are are talking about, and and trying to get people to communicate to communicate to converse about these topics, and and do it in a respectable way is is, um, you know, how we got here. Like, who is it specifically, maybe, for example, doctor? Like, who gets to decide what is the, the good public shaming and the bad public shaming? What is the right answer when it comes to identity politics? And what is the wrong answer? Or is there no right or wrong answer? It's just about the dialogue. Yeah, so I, I don't think it's um, a, a matter of who gets to decide it. It certainly doesn't fall to anyone's authority. 
Um, but like with anything that we might be wondering about in our society, whether it you know, be math or science or history or, um, you know, what baseball team is the, the best baseball team, it's, it really is a matter of who's got the most compelling argument, right? And that's what we encourage people to bring out to the slams. You know, you, 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 you get your moment with the, the microphone and you get to say, here's what I think and here's why I think it. And, um, you know, maybe somebody will nod and say, oh, I think that's right. Or at least understand where you're coming from. Um, yeah. But it's, it's not a matter of authority. You know, it's, it's like, you know, who's right about anything. It's, it's the person that, that ultimately has the proof, right? And philosophy will say it's the deductively valid argument with true premises. So, you know, who, it'll, the issue will get sorted out um, when somebody makes the, the case that the greatest number of people um, find compelling. Yeah, I can make the case that the worst team in baseball is the Miami Marlins, so you don't even have to uh, debate that. Well, you don't even have to go to the slam for that. I gave you that one for free, everybody, so that's just uh, for you. <laughs> we you know, I'm a, I'm a San Francisco guy, and... Um, yeah. I'm ready to go out after three games and say the Giants will be the worst team this year. It's been right, painful. We'll, we'll compete. Maybe, maybe I will show up. I'll take you on, Dr. Green, at the Ethics <laughs> Slam. That's what I'm going to do. All right. So, Rachel, tell everybody if they want to uh, be part of the the, uh, the Ethics Slam and they want to go and they want to uh, this uh, discussion about uh, public shaming, uh, where do they go? How, when is this going to take place? Okay, great. Yes, um, this one's taking place at the Crapery in Logan. It's 25 West Center Street. And I, I just would like to make everybody aware, we're really looking for this to be a community event. This is why we don't host these on college campuses, right? We want people from a diverse range of backgrounds to bring their experience to the conversation. So we'd like to see young and old people from a, a variety of backgrounds coming to this at the Crapery tomorrow, Wednesday, April 3rd at 6 o'clock. And it'll go about an hour and a half. And then right, the, there the, you go. We've got one yeah. next week in Ogden. Um, uh, Wednesday the 10th, at uh, Grounds for Coffee on Harrison Boulevard. Um, that one starts at, at 7 p.m. Um, and should go 90 minutes or so. Um, and again, you mentioned it earlier that, that that's on the ethics of identity politics. Um, but that could be an interesting discussion as well. And just quickly, if I could say that these are you know hosted by uh, Richard Richards Institute for Ethics. Um, I'm the, the director of that institute, along with um, the... Utah State University Society for Women in Philosophy and the Utah State University Philosophy Club and the Weber State um, Philosophy Club um, and, of course, the Crapery and Grounds for Coffee. So um, apologies to all for the shameless plugs, but... Um, all right. Well, there you go, Rachel Robeson Green and uh, Dr. Richard Green. Listen, I, I thank you for a few minutes of your time and all the best with your, uh, your upcoming slams, plural. Thank, thank you very much. much. All right. There they go. Uh, so how about that? Public shaming, everybody. What do you think? Is, is public shaming a good thing or a bad thing? Is it something that we should be doing? Is there right ways to shame, wrong ways to shame? we we'll talk about that coming up. Drew Steele in for Rod Arquette today on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. The KNRS News Headlines. I'm Abby Bonnell. Utah's governor signing a new hate crimes bill into law. Officials say initial tests in Morgan County... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's the only guy in Florida who prefers 10 below temperatures as compared to tempid 80s. Yes, he's the guy. From sunny Florida, here's Drew Steele. I like a little chill every once in a while, is it? Okay. Let's talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Thank you, super big voice guy. It is Drew Steele in for Rod Arquette today. 888-570-8010. You want a text message anytime you would like? 59570. Love to hear from you tonight. The president was talking about Puerto Rico and, you know, the concerns with the budget and how much money they received during the hurricane. $91 billion for the hurricane as he tweeted out more money than has ever been gotten for a hurricane before. And all their local politicians do is complain. They ask for more money. The politicians are grossly incompetent, spend the money foolishly or corruptly and only take from the USA. He also did say that the best thing uh, that ever happened to Puerto Rico is President Donald J. Trump. So many wonderful people, but with such bad island leadership and with so much money wasted, cannot continue to hurt our farmers and states with these massive payments and so little appreciation. So when asked about this, the mayor of Puerto Rico, Mayor Cruz, was asked questions by Nicole Wallace on NBC and was asked about this. So in hearing all of this, you know, this uh, this idea that uh, uh, they, they complain, they ask for money, they're, they're kind of mean the way they uh, they talk and, and the, the words that they use and so when asked, you know, what do you think about all of this and, you know, the money that is needed for Puerto Rico and uh, what, what are your thoughts? And the mayor says. We need the president to be able to put his ego aside and do his job. We need the president to not hold aid as, as a weapon and weaponize it, which is something he criticizes from other countries. We need the Congress of the United States to hear the call of the people not only of Puerto Rico, but of other places uh, that have been uh, really dealing with very difficult situations coming from disasters that are a result of climate change. But most of all, we need the president to develop a heart. This man is heartless. This man is vengeful. This man is racially discriminates against people that are not like him, and he is willing to let people starve, to let people die. Well, it's good to know that she's not using any hateful rhetoric or anything like that. At least she's uh, making the case that the money is needed because uh, fill in the blank. The the problem we have is fill in the blank, and this is why we need the money, and uh, it's because fill in the blank. She's not saying anything like he's heartless and needs to develop hard and no that's exactly what she's saying well uh, she she sounds a little angry i'm 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 just su- suggesting there are others that uh, have not uh, sounded exactly uh well well uh, polite when it comes to conversation about the uh, the president of the united states uh there are interesting debates that have been going on uh, all over the place uh, maybe it's not even about the president maybe it has to do with something other than the president maybe it has to do with with elections and and the electoral college. By the way, it was uh, Kristen uh, Gillenbrand who was on, uh, I believe it was CNN, and she was asked about her thoughts on the electoral college even after we had Hans von Spakovsky uh, from Heritage uh, Foundation, heritage.org, explaining the reasons why, kind of like the civic lesson that we need uh, 
uh, to help out with everybody. The the meaning, the reason why we have the Electoral College, it ensures that everybody has a say uh, as opposed to focusing on large population areas. Because, listen, if we didn't have an Electoral College, if we just left it up to democracy alone, which, remember, we're not a democracy, we are a constitutional republic, if you leave it up to... Uh, you know, one man, one vote, equality. We have to have uh, everybody's vote counted, which, of course, it, it is. But uh, in the terms of, you know, whoever gets the most votes wins uh, this idea that we want to make sure that people don't go to major metropolitan cities and politic in those areas because uh, all you need to do is get the most you can get. And Kristen Gillibrand, who's running for president of the United States, says... Corey, speaking of tweets, uh, I know that you are running for president. And yesterday you put out this tweet that we need to abolish the Electoral College. I know that you're supporting an amendment to do that. But the argument against it is that big states would have a whole lot more influence small states. Are you worried about that? Uh, that's what I just said. No, and there's a lot of ways that big, big states and small states balance power. In fact, every state has two senators, and it doesn't matter if they only have 600,000 people or 20 million people, like New York State. You have the same two senators. So you have a very significant influence in legislation and governing. Yeah, but uh, when it comes to votes, uh, it's about the population, and if that's what you're trying to accomplish by uh, abolishing the uh, Electoral College, that's exactly what happens. And making sure your state has full representation. But in terms of my presidential campaign, I intend to campaign everywhere. The rural areas, the suburban areas, and the cities. I will go to the places that no one else bothers to go to, and that's what I've already done. I've been in the North Country in New Hampshire. I've been in the rural areas in Iowa. Nobody, nobody goes to New Hampshire and Iowa. Isn't that where everybody is right, right now? Okay. Well, anyway, oh, there you go. Kristen Gillibrand talking about uh, the Electoral College. Maybe you have a thought on it. Eight 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 five seven zero eight zero one zero. It is Drew Steele filling in for Rod Arquette today. It is Talk Radio one zero five nine KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. Meet Denise. I would wake up in the morning feeling very tired. Like I hadn't slept at all. I would wake up every morning with a headache. And uh... one man, one goal. Yeah, one vision. The Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Guest hosting for Rod today from sunny Florida at 92.5 Fox News Radio. Here's Drew Steele. 888-570-8010. Anytime you'd like to call, text message 59570. My name is Drew Steele, fitting, filling in for Rod on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. And I know one thing, this this Joe Biden uh, issue is getting uh, creepier by the moment, but not, not for the reasons you may think. There's another side to this, uh, and the name is Ukraine. How was that? Yeah, uh, let's just put it this way. Joe Biden's got bigger issues than... Uh, well, no, actually, the, the creepy uh, Joe Biden issue that we, we've been talking about uh, even yesterday and then today uh, are, are not uh, very good. But there definitely is a side that doesn't want to see Joe uh, run in 2020. You just feel it. Uh, it just seems that way. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I, I can't go on unless uh, E-Ray plays my cut. Come on, uh, E-Ray, you got to play my cut of the cure. Uh, it's the so nice to meet you. Hi. Congratulations, The Cure Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees 2019. Are you as excited as I am? Um, by the sounds of it, no. <laughs> oh, that is the best. 
Oh, man, that is so awesome. How many times have you thought that to yourself? Like, why doesn't somebody just say that to a reporter or somebody walking? You're just way too excited about this. I, you know, I look, I, I've been doing this for a long time. It's, it's pretty cool being a rock star and having great songs and everything else, but uh, I'm not as excited as you. I'm just so glad that somebody said that. Don't, you got to admit that, right, E-Ray? It's just like uh, that's what you, 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 you know those moments where you wish somebody would say something, and then when they say it, you just kind of stand up and change. Here you get all excited. sideline reporters right. with stupid questions on on games on TV. No, you don't like that. They uh, oh, it's well, the most annoying else? thing in the world. Are there? You know, that might be an interesting question to ask. Are you? You were a big sports guy. Are there any? Uh, how do I put this politely? Are, aren't sideline support uh, reporters supposed to be reporting from the sidelines? They're they're I don't know. Like their take is supposed to be an important one, isn't it? I, I don't know of one that is. Like, is there a sideline reporter that when they say something from uh, at the game from the sidelines that you know when they crack that mic, it's like, man, I'm going to get some insight in this game right now. It used now. to be that way. Now it's just a pretty face asking stupid questions. Is that okay? That's uh, cards and letters. Care, yeah, cards and letters. Care of the station. I just write uh, E Ray on the card and. Uh, uh, no, I, no I, it, it really is, but uh, we digress. Boy, do we digress. Let's get back to uh, the creepy, crazy Joe. So, uh, you know, it was yesterday that we mentioned that The View was talking about uh, him and, and how there are always and there seems to be one one set of rules for Democrats and one set of rules for everybody else. Because as we know, after everything is said and done and, and the, uh, the ladies there in The View who talked about joe biden and look it's not that bad it's, uh... now should she have spoken to him about this before she went on television about it or i mean is it you know listen in the old days we would call joe some folks of a certain age would say he's a little overly familiar o- overly familiar you ever you ever hear that expression uh, you're right uh, that the people would call overly uh does that is that something you've ever heard uh, before, or is that uh, you think that's maybe something that Whoopi's uh, kind of inventing? I don't know. Maybe sounds like a Whoopiism to me. <laughs> I'm going to use that a Whoopiism. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. But most politicians, when they're you know doing this with you, and you know they are, and Joe is Joe is a hands-on kind of guy. Yeah. He and, is. But no one I've never heard anyone. Yeah. And she says she felt violated, and I I have to take her at her word, but it would have been nice if she had turned him and said, you know what, Jay, I don't really like this. Would, would you do that? Would you turn to the vice president of the United States and say, hey, Jay, listen, Jay, I don't know. It doesn't get better. They're all apologetic uh, for for Joe Biden. They feel like this is not that big a deal. Then you have uh, Meghan McCain, who, who I, I don't know if she should have said this, but she did uh, when asked about this, her thoughts. Uh, well, I don't want Joe to stop doing that. I don't either. You know? I'm just going to say yeah. one thing really yeah. quick. Go ahead. There's a certain kind of retail politician that loves people. I would put Bill Clinton in that category. Yeah. I would yeah. put my father in that category. Oh, so, so hold, hold on. You, you, you would put, you, you'd put who, who, who would you put in that category? I would put Bill Clinton in that category. Yeah. I would, can I? No, 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 no. I, can, can I just, I'm, I'm raising my hand. Hold on a second. Can I just make a suggestion? Uh, in a case like this, uh, don't use Bill Clinton as an example of, of somebody who's a retail politician and they do this and it's not that big. No, no, no. That's a that's a no. That's a bad no, no. Don't 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 do that. It's a valuable lesson for kids. It's a not to do that. I would put Bill Clinton in that category. No, no, no. I know she was talking about retail politician, but still, it's a yeah. It's, they're 
There are others you could have used. Like, there's probably, uh, there are probably some that you could think of in Utah that uh, may have uh, uh, come and gone, and you'd say they are uh, retail politicians. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is, is two things that are critically important about this. Number one, somebody's up to something here. You cannot tell me that there will not be another person that will come forward because this is something that everybody has known about. Somebody uh, wants to, uh, politically speaking, uh, take out Joe Biden uh, even before he gets running in 2020. There's no doubt about that. And then the second part of this is, what about this Ukraine connection? Did you hear about this? John Solomon at The Hill wrote this. And it was Brit Hume who commented on it on Twitter. In January of last year, Joe Biden boasted to a friendly foreign policy audience that he used a threat to withhold U.S. aid to get Ukraine to fire its state prosecutor. And it worked. Biden did not reveal that the prosecutor was investigating the company employing Joe Biden's surviving son. So Joe Biden was out bragging and praising himself in front of the foreign policy community saying, yep, uh, got this guy uh, fired. Didn't mention that the same Ukrainian prosecutor had Biden's uh, own kid, Hunter Biden, under investigation. Uh, Hypocrisy much? What are we talking about here? So, so did, I, I guess there were big money payments that were going towards Joe Biden's kid here. And, you know, supposedly adding value to this Ukrainian company, but there's a lot of there there. You know, is the suggestion that Joe Biden was selling political favors out of his office because uh, that's sort of what this feels like. And there's a lot of answers that have to come from this. So just when you think the creepy Joe Biden, I'm going to rub my nose against your hair and smell it to see if it smells like roses uh, might not be the worst of the problems that Joe Biden has. He might have to answer to this if he decides to run. All right. It's Drew Steele filling in for Rod Arquette today on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. The KNRS News Headlines. I'm Abby Bonnell. President Trump renewing his threat to close the southern border. A hate crimes bill. When his son talks about lizards, he gets woozy. Big wuss. Guest hosting for Rod today from sunny Florida. Here's Drew Steele. Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know it is Drew Steele filling in for Rod today. 888-570-8010. Text message uh, 59570. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. E-Ray, you big on um, avocado toast? Have you had avocado toast? Do you, do, you, do you like that combination? No, I don't like avocados. Have you ever had it before? No, because I don't like avocados. Oh, you don't like avocados? Okay, N- not at all. You never had it in a salad. You don't like, uh, I don't know. I've what, had guacamole. A... Don't like it. Okay, uh, is there? Is it the texture? What is it about uh, avocados necessarily? It's that's... nasty. Well, that like, taste I mean, is not put, good. If, well, if you put enough stuff in it, you, you'd never know it. You know, uh, avocado, avocados like um, 
like uh, soy. Uh, what's the, what's that? Uh, That's what, bad what's the too. chunky? What's the chunky stuff? To- tofu. Yeah, That's uh, avocado worse. is a lot like. Well, no, because you are naming tofu... these horrible foods. To. <laughs> I am. I know. If you can tofu call that, tastes... if you if you can call tofu food. Well, no, it is, and and you, what you do is you just have to make sure that you you flavor it enough so that you don't taste the tofuiness. Uh, it, it ends up it, supposedly tofu is, is supposed to end up tasting whatever it is that you cook it in or do to it. Oh, uh, I, I never recognized that. Much. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's not good. But um, we may run out of avocados. You, you hear you heard all about that, right? I mean, if uh, we have this. Uh, the emergency declaration along the border, the uh, the president shuts down the border. That's what happens. I don't know if you know this, but we're in trouble because there go the avocados. Uh, avocados, I think, and uh, some other products. Uh, did they say tequila as well? I'm trying to th- think if that Reuters just means people was are the... going to save 50 cents from buying the extra guac on their tacos. It is expensive to add guac. It is a money saver, it? I'm telling you. You have come up with something... That is genius. You should tweet out to the president and tell him, make the case that he's saving hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of dollars across the country by shutting down the border and making sure we do not have any avocados coming. Because if we don't have any avocados, then you have no inclination to spend that extra 50 cents or whatever it is to put it on whatever you just said. What is it, eggs? What did you just I say? I said tacos, but yeah, eggs. Oh, tacos. Okay, Wh- yeah, Whatever right. you spend extra money on for guac, which there I never go. do. So we should reach out to the president and let him know the, the money that will be saved. Yes, uh, this is it. Uh, you, you couldn't pick a worse time of year because Mexico supplies virtually 100% of the avocados in the U.S. right now. Uh, and uh, California is just starting. They've got a very small crop. We can't do it. Uh, surge in prices. This is going to be awful. You know what's really interesting about the discussion when it comes to the things that we will not have along uh, uh, in this country because we would be shutting down the border. Along the border, we would not have – well, we would have uh, certain businesses uh, along the border towns – along the border, border towns that will be affected by this, the the trade, the commerce, uh, avocados, tequila, other items that we will not see, the – the econ- the economic disaster that could be on the horizon, you know, a, a game of cat and mouse. Uh, who can hang in there longer if we stop the incentives? You know, you stop the money, for example, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras. If you stop that money uh, from going there, uh, you give uh, maybe a little more incentive, a little nudge uh, to the leaders in those countries to kind of help out a little bit to stop these caravans from moving towards the United States. Uh, the idea that if we shut the border down, that that uh, it's going to be a cat and mouse game to see who will outlast who when it comes to economies in Mexico, and the uh, the idea that now they can't move these these avocados, they can't move some of the items across the border. The, you know, in that whole thing that I just mentioned right there, you know what I didn't mention? Didn't mention the crisis at all along the border. I wonder if a lot of people are missing the point. I wonder if that is the point. Is it possible that the intent of creating this hysteria amongst avocado toast lovers across uh, uh, Utah 
I don't know exactly. Where, well, I, I would say probably Salt Lake City is probably a big uh, avocado toast area. Uh, American Fork, maybe not so much. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe Ogden. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just guessing. I know you think that's a good. That's probably right, Ray, isn't it? If you were going to say avocado toast locations across the Wasatch, you'd probably say Salt Lake City. Yeah. Um, maybe not so much Provo. Maybe, but maybe not American for I don't know. I'm just picking areas. Okay. But the thing that that not uh, nobody's saying is what is happening along the border. We're talking about guac and margaritas, and we're not talking about the crisis that is happening there. The the legal loopholes that are created, illegal immigration, all the legal loopholes that are costing us hundreds of billions of dollars a year, the uncalculated costs of disease and crime and human smuggling and the loss of opportunities of individuals because of the things that are happening along the border. Are we talking about the 1.5 million illegal entries from unvetted and undocumented uh, undocumented migrants, uh, the, the the idea that now we are starting to see diseases pop up uh, more often than we have ever seen before, measles and the like, uh, uh, certain uh, diseases that we thought were eradicated in this country that we've not had to worry about for a long time. Do you, you think it's a coincidence how all of this is shaking out? We should focus on the border. Get away from the avocados. Drew Steele filling in for Rod today on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. You're in the Vivint Smart Home Arena. The stadium is packed. Everyone watching the back and forth of the basketball on the court. KNRS News, sponsored by the Good Feet Store. I'm Abby Bonnell. It's 6.03. Governor Gary Herbert signing a new hate crimes bill into law today. That bill failed to pass for years until now. It toughens up penalties for crimes targeting a person on the grounds of race, religion, sexual orientation and more. The bill's sponsor, Senator Daniel Thatcher. I did not know how much it was going to mean to me or how important all of you would become to me. And I am grateful for you. And I'm grateful for your patience as I learned how to be a better ally, as I learned how to be a better advocate, as I learned how to be a better senator and a better man. Governor Herbert signing it at the Utah State Capitol, saying it sends a message that everybody is worthy of dignity, respect, and love. A Utah man accused of loaning his gun to a man who killed University of Utah student Laura McCluskey appeared in federal court today. 21-year-old Nathan Vogel pleaded not guilty to conspiracy charges and making a false statement while purchasing the gun with the help of a friend who's also facing federal charges. The gun was later loaned to Melvin Rowland, who fatally shot McCluskey on the campus in Salt Lake City last October. An Idaho mother has been arrested after she allegedly planned to inject her 10-year-old daughter with bleach. 41-year-old Brooke Hellman Dollar told police it was to kill parasites living inside her daughter and herself. An Amber Alert was issued last week. The mother was later located and the daughter was not harmed. She's now being placed in Child Protective Services. And a semi-rollover crash near the I-84 and westbound I-80 connector near Echo Junction tonight causing traffic delays in Summit County. That accident is expected to take a couple of hours to clear. KNRS News. You'll find it at the top and bottom of the hour anytime at KNRS.com. Guest hosting for Rod today from the sunny beaches of Florida. 
the morning host of 92.5 Fox News Radio in Fort Myers and Naples. Boy, this guy knows how to rub it in, huh? Here's True Steel. Well, hello, everybody. It's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know it is Drew Steele filling in for Rod today, and I thank him so, so much. He is awesome, and I appreciate the opportunity to be with you. 888-570-8010. Text message 59570. You know, it's a lot of talk about Medicaid and uh, expanding Medicaid and whether or not uh, what has happened in the state of Utah. Uh, The voter-approved Proposition 3, well, uh, maybe not so much the replacement of it, as it's being called. Uh, Is it better? Is it worse? Where do we stand with this right now? It seems like there are many people who are not exactly pleased with this. What about that? Derek Monson is joining us right now. Of course, uh, Derek Monson, as you know, uh, is director of public uh, public policy at uh, Sutherland Institute. And uh, it is Drew Steele. Derek, how are you, my friend? Doing good. Good to talk to you again, Drew. Absolutely. Same here. So so what about this, Derek? What are your thoughts on everything that has taken place uh, with Medicaid reform uh, in the state? Well, it's been a uh, a long, arduous journey. Whatever whatever you believe about about the policy, yeah, um, yeah. and it's you know it's not quite over, obviously, because it's likely uh, that this thing will end up in the courts, assuming you know waiver further waivers get approved. You know, for instance, the the work requirement has been struck down in in other states, and and legislators in Utah are describing it as a work effort requirement, so maybe a little less stringent. At least how that's being framed. But it'll still likely, again, be be an issue then that the courts will have to decide. But overall, you know, uh, you know, our, our view has always been that what we need to do is change Medicaid so that it brings people into the kinds of insurance coverage that we all want for ourselves, not uh, creating a you know a substandard level of coverage with limited funds, that has limited access to doctors, and make people wait while they're sick and, and needing surgeries or things like that. But if you're going to have that that kind of a system, which is kind of just how it is right now, you know, the, what the legislature did was, uh, you know, was an okay way to do it, I think. Yeah, because uh, a lot of people are are talking about the fact that um, when you had Proposition Three, it covered everybody, making up to 138 percent of the federal poverty level, and now with all of these changes. You've got all of these people. What is it? Is it 78? They come up with numbers now of these people that are left on their own to find insurance. I mean, are these numbers legit? Are these numbers that they pull out of thin air? Is this what's happening? And then what about the costs? What about the costs overall? Uh, You know, nothing is free. Right. Well, the numbers, I mean, they're always estimates, right? There are are kind of uh, our best guesses, which in this case, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm not sure that they're based on a lot of really solid information because we haven't had to we haven't done this kind of program before and to kind of explore yeah. who gets covered and who doesn't in the population that can get subsidies right because the real the real debate that's focused around the coverage issue has been there are people who currently qualify for subsidies under the ACA or Obamacare that can get them but that would be kicked out of that system if we fully expanded Medicaid as proposition 3 would have done and what they're arguing is that there are some people who, while they qualify for subsidies, still can't afford insurance. 
Now, that's one side of the issue. The other side of the issue is the people that do qualify for subsidies and use them to get insurance but are below 138% of poverty would lose that insurance if we expanded Medicaid to the full extent uh, under, under the ACA because that's what the ACA requires. And so, you know, the, the, I think the real problematic issue is the idea of, I mean, it's, you know, back to President Obama, if you like your, your health care, you can keep it. <laughs> but we're not even saying that because we know we'd be lying if we are. We're just trying to ignore the fact that we're going to take away people's care. Yeah, and I think that uh, the the fundamental issue is being ignored here, where this system is just not right. We need to overall uh, figure out what we're going to do next uh, with with the health insurance issue. Uh, you know, I, when people say health care, I, I hate when they say that necessarily because it's it's more about uh, getting people insurance, getting people uh, right. insured, and the issues uh, there specifically. But uh, you know, now we come to find out. You know that there are uh, the the trio of Senator Mitt Romney and Senator Rick Scott, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, all working together to try to figure out some kind of repeal, replace, or some something to that effect. We just found out not too long ago that it was Senator Mitch McConnell who said, "Yeah, uh, it's not going to happen." Pretty much smacked that whole idea down and said that uh, we're not going to be discussing any kind of replacement. We're going to be nibbling around the edges, pretty much to make this right or to get this right. I have a problem with that. And I, I, I think that there are a lot of people that are not happy, are not satisfied. And as a matter of fact, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, doctors who are, are now uh, you know, not accepting uh, in many cases uh, the Medicare payments and, and that issue as well. What do we need to do, Derek? Where do we go from here? Right. No, you're right that the there isn't a lot to, to admire about this. A lot of it is politics, both, you know, with the yeah. 2020. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Presidential election as well as the immediate politics of, you know, uh, the appearances of, of the particular issue. But I think well, where we need to go is, we first of all, we need to recognize that the cost issues of health care are being driven by, not by health insurance coverage, but by the care itself. You know, we have a system that uh, doesn't have the kind of natural mechanisms that we see in every other business sector of the economy, namely prices that customers can look at and evaluate that naturally control costs. You know, for example, if you want to go get, uh, I don't know, some food at the grocery store, some clothes at the department store or online, you can find the quality of food or of clothing that you want and then find the most affordable option, and that forces companies to try to find lower-cost uh, food or clothes for you. In healthcare, we don't have that, right? We don't know what, what the cost of our surgery is, the cost of our doctor's visit is, except in, in, in limited cases. And so there is no real capacity to force healthcare providers to lower the cost of their care because we're shopping around for the lowest cost option that still is of significant quality and we trust the doctors and, and such. So that's the first thing we need to recognize is, you know, uh, and the way I think you can accomplish some of this is, for example, Medicare, uh, you know, the program for seniors constitutes a large portion of, 
of the healthcare market. If we pass a rule, for instance, that says if you're going to get payment for Medicare, you have to provide customers with a cost of their care up front before they get any services. And that's it, right? You just have to give them a price so they can decide, you know, I want a lower cost provider because my my copay or my coinsurance is a percentage of that cost, and I think I can find a better deal somewhere else. That's just an example, right, of things we could do that then hospitals and doctors are going to start looking for the lowest cost, highest quality way of giving us health care, and that will then influence our insurance premiums because that's what pays for those those care or for that care. Yeah. Yeah, so when you, uh, for example, do you like the idea of what is happening here in uh, in my state, what my senator, uh, Rick Scott, is talking about and some others, this this idea of transparency when it comes to uh, when it comes to prescription medication, the the idea of looking to other countries uh, that we constantly hear and say we're going to look at we're going to look at Japan, we're going to look at Spain, we're going to look at uh, Germany and Portugal and all these other places and see what they pay and uh, and when right. we see what they're paying that that kind of transparency is going to bring down prices magically. Is that how that works? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, that's there, a different there is issue. a big there's a big di- yeah there there is a big difference. I just want to clarify yeah. that because I think when when people right. hear transparency, they automatically pivot right right. Uh, Derek, you know how this works. You have yep. you take an issue, and then all of a sudden you pivot off of something that you say with regard to Medicaid or Medicare, and pivot and say, "Well, how about the transparency on this side?" It it's it's different. Can you explain how it's different? Yeah, it is very different because how other countries you know create transparency in their prices is they just set price controls by law, right? They say we will pay this yeah, much right. and no more. And right. so if that's transparency, then I, you know I think that's uh, I don't want transparency if that's what that is. Uh, the transparency I'm talking about is, you know, let drug manufacturers set the prices, but then make, force them to have to tell you what the price is going to be before you show up at the pharmacy, and then create means, uh, and I think the market would provide this if this information was available, create means where someone can look at a different pharmacy and see if they have a cheaper price for a similar drug, or, or a generic option that you can just easily find if it's available and all of a sudden, now, that's the kind of price transparency that will create lower costs, because once people stop buying the high-cost drugs, the drug manufacturers are going to figure out that that's a problem, and they're going to change in order to maintain you know, their business. And, and again, the, 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 the thing that, that's amazing about it is this has how every other area of the economy works. This isn't like crazy foreign stuff, right? This is just how life right. is for the most people, except when it comes to health care. Yeah, and it always uh, seems to be the case, and hopefully something will change. Derek Monson is VP of Policy there at the Sutherland Institute, sutherlandinstitute.org, to get all the information and to uh, find out more at the website. Uh, Derek, listen, it was great to uh, speak with you, my friend. We'll do it again soon, okay? Thanks, Drew. All right. It is Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know my name is Drew Steele filling in for Rod Arquette today. I would love to hear from you, 888-570-8010, or text 59570. It's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. The KNRS News Headlines. I'm Abby Bonnell. Governor Gary Herbert signing a new hate crimes bill into law today. And a Utah man accused of loaning... He's the only guy in Florida who prefers 10 below temperatures as compared to tempid 80s. Yes, he's the guy. From sunny Florida, here's Drew Steele. 
like the cool. I like the cool temperatures. I, it's not. It's, it doesn't. Not ten below. Nobody enjoys it. Does anybody? In, you don't enjoy. You're right. You don't enjoy ten below. I, I didn't say ten below. I meant like. Let's talk radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. You know, super big uh, voice guy. If he says it, it's got to be. It's got to be true. You really can't. 888-570-8010-59570 if you want to text. It's amazing how uh, this uh, this has played out today. Did you hear about the Secret Service agents arresting a woman with two Chinese passports after she reportedly lied to agents and gained access to Mar-a-Lago with malicious software? How did she do this? 32 years old, arrived at a Secret Service checkpoint on Saturday outside the President's Club in Palm Beach uh, here in the state of Florida. The President was there. She told agents she was a member of the club, this is according to uh, the Daily Caller, and she was there to use the pool. She got in. She gets into the club. She shows the passport to an agent. According to court documents, the manager of the club thought she was the daughter of a member of a uh, of the club and let her in. And then they asked her if she was related to the family the manager was talking about, but they couldn't understand her. So she gets in. She, This is playing out very... Uh, okay. She gets in. She tells Secret Service that she's there for a United Nations Chinese American Association event. Uh, there's only one problem with that. Uh... You know, you know, you know, E Ray, when you when you show up at a party and uh, you 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 you're all dressed up and uh, you are dressed as a, a giant avocado because I know how much you love avocados. Uh, you're giant. You're dressed as a giant avocado toast, and and you go to your buddy's house because it's dressed as a, as an avocado toast night, and and you get there and, and you realize suddenly that nobody else is dressed like avocado toast because there is no party for avocado toast wearers. Yeah, that that's that's what happened. She, she said she was there for the United Nations Chinese American Association event. There wasn't any. It didn't exist. So she showed agents an invitation written in Chinese. The agents tell her, all right, listen, you, you got to go because there's, there's no event. There's no avocado toast dress uh, contest happening here at, at Mar-a-Lago. You, you need to leave. So what, what do you do? Uh, E-Ray, what do you do? You're, you're dressed as a giant avocado toast. You're you're there at your buddy's house. You're you're positive. You spent a lot of money on this avocado because uh, the the prices of avocado are shooting through the roof right now because everybody thinks that the president's going to shut down the border and we're not going to have enough avocados to go around. So instead of paying fifty cents to put that avocado on your on your uh, egg omelet at your favorite breakfast place, no, now it's going to be like three dollars to put the avocado on there. So what what do you do, Eray? Give me an example. If so, when they tell you there's no party, what do you do? Uh, leave. No, 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 no. You argue. You, you argue with them. And that's exactly what she did. And they take her in a room. They question her. They find out she can speak English. And not only that. Okay, so, so E-Ray goes to the party dressed as a giant avocado toast. And not only that, guess what else he's got with him? He's got four cell phones, a laptop, an external hard drive, and a thumb drive with computer malware. Because everybody knows that you can't go to a, a, a an avocado toast dressing party unless you have uh, all the proper accoutrements, as, as this were, as it were. That's what she had. What is she doing? 
what are you doing with four cell phones, a laptop, an external hard drive, and a thumb drive with computer malware? Uh, is that is that the United Nations Chinese American Association events demand that you have a computer with with malware? Because uh, you, you know it's either that or you're dressed as avocado toast, and she was not going to do that. Oh, she does not like avocado toast. So they charge you with making false statements to federal agents and illegally entering a restricted area. I, I would say there's probably more to this story, and I'm not sure that this story goes away. I think there's more to it. I think we need to find out more about it. Uh, I, I, would, I would worry about that. You know, when there are some that say the greatest geopolitical threat we have is uh, Russia, I, I might I, I beg to differ. I might disagree with that and say that if you do not believe that China is is the one place in the world where we need to be concerned about what they think about the United States and and uh, things like this happening. Uh, well, uh, you you would be right about that. So, that, and, and Ira, I'm sorry. I know you. I know you're a lover of avocado, and I'm so sorry that I was picking on you with the uh, the avocado toast outfit because it's it's uh, it looks good on you. And that's not that, that didn't come out right. All right. Oh, look, we got to go to break. All right, uh, it is uh, Drew Steele filling in for Rod Arquette today. Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. Meet Denise. I would wake up in the morning feeling very tired, like I hadn't slept at all. I would wake up every morning with a headache. And, um... One man, one goal. Yeah, one vision. The Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Guest hosting for Rod today from sunny Florida at 92.5 Fox News Radio. Here's Drew Steele. Oh, hi. It is Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Drew Steele filling in for Rod. So glad you're here with us. 888-570-8010. Text sure five nine five seven zero anytime you would like. Yeah, I wonder what uh, some of the candidates on the Democrat side for president of the United States have been saying lately. Uh, some of the comments today uh, may interest you, and and it is interesting how far left that they have moved. It is incredible how far. Uh, to the left, to the progressive socialist side. I know some would even say, eh, we're, this, we're this close. My thing, uh, fingers are thinly spread apart from communism. I know that may be a stretch and you don't want to do that. Don't say that. It's not nice to say about the Democrats. And I don't know. Have you heard some of the candidates? Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, there's, there's a song even out about it. I don't know if you've heard this. Here's a story of a man named Bernie. This is what you do do. What you do do, Camilla Harris and Cory Booker. About the closest I'll probably ever have in my life to an I am Spartacus moment. Here's a story of a girl named Warren. My papa had high cheekbones like all of the Indians do. And then there's Kristen and maybe Bento. Uh, his name is Robert Francis. And no one day all the socialists got together. And they knew it would be much more than a bunch. That is a low blow. All the Democrats, they got together. That's the way they all became the commie bunch. The commie bunch. The commie bunch. That's the way they became the commie bunch. Uh, too soon? 
Well, anyway, uh, all right. So uh, here, here you go. Uh, let, let's hear from some of them. Uh, Beto, Beto O'Rourke, uh, uh, Robert Francis uh, talking about the Electoral College. And he uh, to said, answer your question, yes, let's abolish the Electoral College. Um, we we um, the night after the presidential election in 2016, Amy and I were were talking to each other, and we were like, "How are we going to explain to Ulysses and Molly?" and Henry, who are now 12, 10, and 8, that the person who got 3 million more votes just lost the election. Well, that's simple. You just explain what the Electoral College do, does and how it works, and then if you actually sit down and explain the Electoral College, maybe they'll understand. I'm not sure. It depends on how you explain it. But that is one way that Democrats, uh, socialists, uh, like to uh, fix the country, the country that I'm not sure that they're too fond of in its present state uh, because they want to take away uh, constitutional privileges and they also want to take away uh, some of what our founders uh, have designed Mind, uh, properly so to make sure that everyone is represented in this great nation, and that would be uh, the Electoral College. So uh, uh, like uh, all uh, Democrats, I guess they, they uh, all talk from the same sheet of paper. So, uh- Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, you have the same question being asked of uh, Kristen Gillibrand, and her idea is, uh, yeah, the same. It's- no, and there's a lot of ways that big, big states and small states balance power. In fact, every state has two senators, and it doesn't matter if they only have 600,000 people or 20 million people like New York State. You have the same two senators. Yeah, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about this, uh, the fact that uh, uh, the Electoral College is gone, and you're talking about uh, the, the popular vote, and that's not what the what the founders uh, wanted to have. That's what she is uh, suggesting uh, there. And uh, what So else? you have a very significant influence in legislation and governing and making sure your state has full representation. But in terms of my presidential campaign, I intend to campaign everywhere. The rural areas, the suburban areas, and the cities. I will go to the places that no one else bothers to go to. I wonder what those places are. What are the places that nobody else bothers to go to? Uh, Let's see. I'm just trying to think. uh, uh, Hurricane. A lot of people go there uh, maybe to visit uh, presidential-wise. I don't know. St. George, the people go there often. Uh, Maybe Is that what it is? Is that uh, uh, some of the areas that we're, uh, we're, the Tooele, is that what we're thinking about? What what exactly are we talking about here? And that's what I've already done. I've been in the North Country in New Hampshire. I've been in the rural areas in Iowa. uh, New Hampshire in and Iowa, you mean where we go uh, all the time and where people have been, including Kristen Gillibrand, uh, getting ready to uh, prime up for the primary, uh, the, the 2020. OK, uh, so there's uh, Kristen Gillibrand, who is uh, going along uh, the same script as all the other uh, Democrats. Uh, who else is out? Oh, uh, 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 Kamala Harris uh, is out there. And uh, what about taxes? I mean, is she, does she plan on raising taxes? Is it something uh, that uh, anybody would say if they are running for president of the United States? Do you want to tell people that you plan on raising taxes? Is that a good idea? Because this election, guys, as far as I'm concerned, is bigger than the guy who's currently in the White House. So there's no question that we don't agree with his policies. I am fully prepared to prosecute a, the case against his administration and their policies. And, I, you know, and I am a career prosecutor. All right. So she's still talking about prosecuting. She's not talking about prosecuting the 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 Russian collusion hoax. Right. Because that's already we, we've put that. To, maybe not to put it the rest. Okay. Woo! 
I know how to do that. Um, and there's plenty of evidence in this case. Um, in terms of the policies that have not worked and have not actually been what they, they said they would be, such as that tax bill that was designed to help the top 1% and the biggest corporations in this country, which I intend to repeal on day one. Oh, all right. So she's going to repeal uh, the tax cuts on day one. So there you go. Uh, good to know that you have Beto O'Rourke, uh, who wants to uh, get rid of the Electoral College because then he might have to give his kids a civic lesson and explain uh, the the reason why our founders have the Electoral College. How do I explain to them that... Uh, that uh, Hillary Clinton uh, wins the popular vote and she's not the president of the United States. Uh, it's easy to do. You have Kristen Gillibrand, who also agrees that, uh, listen, we have to get rid of the Electoral College because she's going to go to places that nobody else will go, including New Hampshire and, uh, and, and Iowa. Is that what she? Yeah, OK. And you have uh, Kamala Harris, who vows on day one she's going to make sure that your taxes go up. She's going to raise your ta- taxes because she is going to get rid of that, uh, that tax cut, that nasty tax cut, the one that uh, – it has kind of helped us all in the uh, the economy and, and, and jobs and the, and the like. Uh, now, I'm not suggesting that those are socialist uh, ideas or, or communist ideas necessarily or, or ideas of the, the Democrat Party currently or the people that are running for. But yes, I am. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm, I'm suggesting. And and uh, I would I would say that the more you hear from these candidates that are not Joe Biden, because Joe Biden uh uh, not only is not in the race yet, but I'm not sure if he would jump out front like this and be so progressive and so far to the left and so socialist. But he, he may he may have to. But the more you hear the candidates that are polling right now in the single digits, yes, they are. A new Harvard poll came out today and suggests that it is uh, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders together have 51 percent of the democrat vote right now for president of the united states bernie is on top joe biden second place he's not even uh, in the race yet everybody else is single digits except beto i think he has 10 percent in that poll that yes in order to jump to i guess the head of the pack here the the idea is to be more socialist than the next and the more you hear him that's exactly what you're getting out of them is that what you're looking for? 888-570-8010. It is Drew Steele filling in for Rod Arquette today. It's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. The KNRS News Headlines. I'm Abby Bonnell. President Trump renewing his threat to close the southern border. A hate crimes bill signed in... Guest hosting for Rod today from sunny Florida at 92.5 Fox News Radio, here's Drew Steele. Stock Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. It's Drew Steele filling in for Rod. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. 888-570-8010. E-Ray, I can't believe this. What do we do? I didn't even get a chance to write a cool theme song or anything like that. The Stallions are no more. Is this is this right? No more Salt Lake Stallions. No more AAF. How many games did you go to? Did you did you see any? Ah, uh, that'd be zero. Oh well, that's because you didn't have enough time. That's because it, it, I didn't gonna... care. But yeah, I mean, oh, for well. some they didn't have enough. Time. <laughs> I love that you're just so honest about this. It's Watching <laughs> fake football, I just had no interest in. But why is it fake? It wasn't. They, they're, they're hitting each they're trying other. Trying to it's sell it like as professional football. These guys are not the best in the world. To well, me, saying, "Oh, well, come watch us. They're the best. In, you know, they're some of the best players." In the-. No, they're not. No, they're not. 
No, it's kind of like think, uh, trying to sell Major League Soccer as those guys being the best players in the world. No, I liked it not. when they had the uh, when they had the league. I'm trying to remember. Remember, he hate me. Remember the uh, the league. Yeah, I forgot which XFL. one it was. That they that now that was how long did the XFL last? Did that last about as long as as the AAF did? And they're going to try yeah, that, that again. Right? Vince McMahon has has a fur in his saddle, but that's going to work again. Oh no! All right. Well, it, has anybody? Everybody tries, and even uh, remember the um, who was it? It was. Uh, the president at the time, Donald Trump, owned a part of, or did he own the whole team? Uh, which uh, which the team USFL. did he own? He owned, right? He owned the New Jersey Generals, right? Was it? Wasn't that? I'm the team? not sure which one he owned, but that league what lasted two two seasons? I don't know. I don't know, but it's it wasn't so much sad. more than that. Yeah, that's too bad. I mean, they had some pretty good people behind it, right? Wasn't uh, Bill Polian uh, the AAF co-founder and uh, somebody who knows a thing or two about football and? And only eight games in, in the Salt Lake Stallions. And uh, what do you do with your jersey now? That's, you know, you, uh, that's just, uh, that's not, uh, that's not good. And they were going to play, uh, where, in Atlanta on Sunday. So they had to cancel the practice. Where were they playing? Where, where the, uh, the team played where? They were playing up at Rice they, Eccles at the U. Really? Is that right? Oh, wow. Oh, that would, what a, but what a great place to watch a game. And I guess they were practicing where in uh, in Harriman, so uh, no more. And uh, Dennis Erickson, the coach, stunned. Um, uh, you should have talked to Ira. He's not stunned. He, he knew this was coming the whole time. It was I no, called no this stunning. as soon as they announced that league. I said it won't last the year. Well, why didn't you talk to him? It's, it's just it's too bad. They don't but, listen um, to fans. I mean, frankly, trying to challenge the NFL and sell it is impossible. Yeah, that is a tough. You know what it is? They didn't have really good sideline reporters. That's it. If you had some of the really, uh, really good sideline reporters, you know, where you just couldn't wait to hear. Uh, no, that's not really true. I don't know how you do it. You just don't. You you just you, you don't try to. Uh, what is it? Is it reinvent the wheel? Is that what you do? You just don't do that. So that's uh, so that's not good. So no more football in Salt Lake. Um, it was fun while it lasts. Well, I can't even say that, can I? Because I'm not sure if for many it was uh, much fun. At least for E-Ray it wasn't. Uh, what else? Uh, one thing that's funny, before we go, you got to leave me with it. Come on, my friend. Give it to me. You know what it is. It's so nice it's- to meet you. Hi. Congratulations, the Cure Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees 2019. Are you as excited as I am? Um, by the sounds of it, no. <laughs> that is... That is The Cure and uh, the lead singer of The Cure, who, uh, not very excited uh, as that person was, to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, uh, E-Ray, that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in? Cleveland, Ohio. That, that is correct, sir. All right, you win absolutely nothing. Uh, you, actually, you do. You win a pair of tickets to see the uh, Salt Lake Stallions uh, next week uh, live. Uh, sorry, that's not Can very Can I nice. get guacamole nice. with that? You, you know, if you want, uh, there is going to be a guacamole shortage soon enough because everybody is talking about uh, no tequila, no uh, avocados. The president, uh, who is evil and mean, has no heart, according to Mayor Cruz of uh, Puerto Rico, of uh, who says, uh, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, he is a cruel-hearted man and just wants to hurt people. He's a racist and homophobe and any other phobe and uh, other things. Uh, uh, that uh, Yes, uh, he is uh, going to shut down the border because he dislikes uh, avocados that much. That is the big buzz. No avocados 
uh, on the way or tequila. But, you know, we will still have the crisis along the border. So let's just keep talking about uh, how business is going to be heard and uh, how uh, everything is going to be bad when it comes to your uh, avocado. But, I, you know, I, I don't know how you make a, a guacamole without uh, avocado. I guess it would just be moly, like holy moly, I guess it would be, or no moly. But there is something called mole, right? Isn't that, uh, but that's made with tomatoes or is that right? What's mole made with? You know I what I'm talking know. about? I don't know. I just no. know it's a sauce. Right. It's a, it's some kind of sauce. Okay. But that has no guac in it or or avocado. So uh, so there you go. So there'll be no problem there with that. Uh, but uh, we won't talk about the crisis along the border. We won't talk about everything that's happening there. We won't talk about the 1.5 million people quite possibly by the end of the year uh, that uh, is uh, overloading the system uh, that the CBP has talked about and the dangers uh, of human smuggling and trafficking and, and disease. And we don't want to talk about that because it's all about the guac. So uh, we have that. Also, we have a 75-year-old musician who's going to have surgery to re- replace a valve in his heart uh, so you can start him up. That is, uh, see what I did there? That's Mick Jagger who's going to undergo heart surgery. Uh, of course, he's going to have that done in Sweden because everyone knows the best health care in the world is in your uh, Scandinavian countries. And so uh, they are getting him on a plane right now, uh, heading out to I think Norway or or Sweden and Norway. I think I think his legs will be in Sweden, and uh, the rest of him, uh, half his body is in Sweden, half is in Norway, because this way they can ensure the absolute best quality of uh, healthcare anywhere on the planet. Because according to uh, Bernie Sanders, that's where you go. Uh, no, that's not where he's going. He's uh, staying right here in the uh, good old U.S. of A. He'll be in uh, New York City, as a matter of fact, to have the work done because. Well, apparently, uh, here in the States, and it comes to getting uh, back to health, uh, we're pretty good at that. So, so uh, there is there's that issue. And, boy, I wonder how long... I'm trying to think, how long... I'm trying to remember a relative who had some heart surgery recently and how long it, it would take for them to recover. I, I, weeks? Is it Months? Probably probably months before he can get back on. Does he get back on there? I guess so. He's, he looks like he's in pretty good shape. Well, apparently not perfect shape, but uh, very good shape there, Mick Jagger. He's just having so, a stent uh, put in, right? So it shouldn't be very long at all, frankly. That's that's pretty easy stuff. No, it says that, no, it says that he's having surgery to replace a valve in his heart. That's not a stint. Oh, I that's thought I read he was having of, a stint. I don't know. If he's replacing no, he a valve. A, yeah, that's a little more. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a little longer. Yeah, I think the story was he's going to have a stint at the hospital to replace a valve. I think that's what uh, probably how it read. Uh, maybe that was that was it. But all the best to Mick Jagger and uh, get back out there. And uh, and of course, the greatest uh, Rolling Stones uh, song ever is. Go ahead, Ray. You know what it is. Pretty sure you yeah. and I would probably disagree on that. Yeah. No, we could say it at the same time. Here you go. We'll do it together on the, on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Wild horses. Yeah, that's not mine. Okay, it's not mine either. It's the only first one that popped in my head. It was either that or start me up, and I already used that one. So that's all I have for today. That is it. Uh, I am sure that uh, there will be more news on the Joe Biden front coming up tomorrow. Unfortunately, uh, something tells me, my gut tells me, that that story's not over because Democrats are eating their own. That's why. I'm sure there'll be more coming up. Have a great day. Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. 
You're in the Vivint Smart Home Arena. The stadium is packed. Everyone watching the back and forth of the basketball on the court. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.